Here we go. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia. On Rock Radio UK, the Blues Channel. You are now live from the Midnight Circus. This is Lahamadou, and I got a great show for you today. Today, our featured artist is Mississippi McDonald. He's got a brand new release out. We'll be listening to tracks from that. And of course, we'll be talking with Mississippi at the top of the hour. Now, this is the voice of indie blues. This is the show that brings you nothing but currently touring artists who are out there creating new, original music rooted in the blues. We embrace the diversity of music that always has and still is being created from those roots. Now, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. Got some great articles, CD reviews, artist interviews, podcasts, and so much more. In the meantime, I got some great new music. And believe it or not, our number one place that we're listened to is in the battlefield of Ukraine. So, Slava Ukraine!
saw man get stabbed over a game of pool. Got robbed by a knife. Tried to take my food. Got robbed by a gun. When I cashed my check, stuck my money in my sock. That he could not get. Come on. 
said, Daddy, Daddy, I love you. And I hang my head and cry. She moves me. Yeah, yeah, she moves me. No girl in this world like my, like my lover girl that can move me. She said, don't cry, Daddy, dry up your tears. I can love you for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. She moves me. Yeah, she moves me. Her love is real and I, I can't conceal that she moves me. Yeah, she's so sweet that it's a crying shame. Feel like I've been kicked by a mule every time she calls my name. No girl in this world like my, like my lover girl that can move me, move
If he was hit by a truck and you were lying out in that gutter dying and you had time to sing one song, huh? One song. Get up and fly from the weight of the load And old tiger mama lying low in the woods She got a heavy heart, ain't doing too good
artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution. Shout now, honey. I'm gonna make you 
And now, here's an indie blues double shot from our featured artist today, Mississippi McDonald. And stay tuned for that interview. It comes up right after these songs. Yes, I'm gone. 
Mr. Coffee And three times was one time too far She ain't no angel of the downtown She don't know when too far is too far Mississippi McDonald from his brand new release, and we got Mississippi on the line right now. Hey, how you doing today? I'm really good, really good. Thank you for having me back on the show. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Now, like you said, you've been on the show before, and we always like to kind of give our fans an opportunity to get to know who you are, and the best way to do that is through your journey. So give us the story of Mississippi McDonald. Yeah, well, I'm from London, England. So um, I've come, uh, come. In fact, I'm, I'm talking to you now from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, okay. So I'm here for the IBC Challenge this week, and uh, which has been fantastic. Um, but I've been playing for a long time now, um, since I was about 11 years old, and uh, I was born in, in London. I live in London now, and I guess my journey started off like many other people's. You know, when you when you hear some of your parents' music collection, and uh, and I, you know, we had Muddy Waters at home, we had Taj Mahal, we had Hendrix, we had all of the, the great British stuff, you know, Led Zeppelin and those things. And, uh, you know, you just kind of get into it. And I think the, the one single thing that really started me off was going to see Chuck Berry in um, in the UK in November 1991. And I remember sitting there as a kid um, who had just kind of gotten into guitar and music, and it was that kind of era. Um, where where you know, kids had just started to learn how to play and Nirvana, you know, all those things made it possible to be in a band. But I remember seeing Chuck Berry play and part of me was, wow, I can't believe he's making those sounds out of a Cherry Red 335. You know, it sounds just like the record. And I thought, well, I've got to get into it somehow. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but this feels important to me. And that's, and that's how it kind of started. And then from there, you know, you discover... You discover other artists. You discover B.B. King, and then you discover Louis Jordan, and then you discover Robert Johnson and Tommy McLennan. 
and then Sister Rosetta Tharp, and then Al Green, and all of those things. And that, you know, that, that I guess for many of us, that lifetime journey keeps going. And uh, even today, I'm discovering new things. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, the blues is a living, breathing art form that is dependent upon artists taking it to that next place. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, let's talk a little bit about this new release. Um, if you were to kind of see someone on the street there in Memphis and they asked you about this release, what would be your elevator pitch that would kind of give them an idea of what this is about? Yeah, we've made a we've made a soul blues record. I think a record that has a story um, that each of the tracks kind of unfolds. Um, I guess the story is of you know, imagine a, a a blues man or a soul man who's who's done wrong and then eventually comes to realise you know what he's done and then atones for his sins. You know, I guess that's the story of the record. Um, but there's a there's a there's a lot on there. We've got a big band sound. We've got horns. We've got Hammond organ. Um, all of that good stuff. Great backing vocals. There's an Ob Wright cover on there. Um, and there's a. I was lucky enough to to duet with Venice Thomas from from Memphis, um, the daughter of Rufus, who is the most extraordinarily brilliant vocalist. Um, and there's a track on there with her. Um, but I'm real proud of this. You know, we worked really hard to make this sound right. Um, it's a it's a big sounding record. There's some great stuff in there, and uh, you know it's perfect, perfectly matched with a with a with a cold beer and a comfortable seat and a stereo that goes all the way to number eleven. <laughs> there you go. Now um, <laughs> let's talk about you as a songwriter, because you know that is where everything starts. Um, when you sit down to begin the process of writing, what what is your method that allows you to tap into the muse? Well, that's a great question. I I don't often sit down. I, I I find songwriting nothing happens for a long time, and then like a like a British bus, three three or four come along at once, you know. And um, you know, it happens in the strangest places. Platform one of London Bridge Station seems to be a a, a kind of creative hotspot. I've written a number of songs there, but sometimes you just get a bit of inspiration. You might hear a story. Uh, someone might tell you something. You know, you might just hear a little phrase or something that that you know you you just want to write about sparks an idea. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll I'll write things and and they'll stay in a folder for a long long time. And you know, you may go back to those lyrics or back to those chords and just just pick something out. There's one uh, there's one track on this album uh, I'll understand, which is the first song I've ever written on on piano. Um, that's one of my kind of lockdown projects. Uh, you know, when I when I bored of watching Netflix to uh, to learn to play piano, and so that's the first song. And that's kind of a gospel thing, and that was almost inspired by um, watching Aretha Franklin's Amazing Grace. You know, that wonderful film that was shot with the Reverend James Cleveland um, in uh, I think Los Angeles, maybe in about 1971. Okay. So it's little things, little things that that come up. I guess there's no rhyme or reason for it. Um, I almost don't want to discover what the formula is in case in case it upsets anything. You know, it just comes out of nowhere sometimes. But always carry a pen and paper or at least an iPhone with you. So if the inspiration strikes, should you be on a bus or in in, in a bar or a restaurant or wherever, um, got to write it down, man. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you speaking of the iPhone, a lot of songwriters uh, have embraced some of the technology today as tools um, in their writing. Yeah whether it's the cell phone or a home recording studio, what what are some of the tools that you have found that have become indispensable to you as a writer? 
Well, when I first started out, the process of making a record or a demo was a big thing. And I remember going into a studio with uh, DAT tape, um, you know, and there were eight-track DAT machines. And the whole thing was the size of a domestic refrigerator. You know, it wasn't that long ago. Um, but nowadays, there is an incredible amount of technology available to everybody. So even just the, the memo function on an iPhone is awesome. Um, it, from a studio perspective, all kinds of things have opened up. You can have the sound of a fantastic grand piano or horn section or a, or a Hammond B3. Um, we used some reverb plugins on this record, which were identical to Fame Studios in Muscle Shoals in Alabama to get that room sound. And, and that ex technology is extraordinary. And I think today what it means is that anyone can make a great sounding record or a great sounding demo. You know, it's, I think it's a brilliant time for creativity and songwriting and, and independent artists. You know, things that, that years ago would have taken a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of specialist you know, equipment and a place to go. Um, you, can, you can go from home now and you can make some great stuff. And I think that's fueling a you know a huge burst of creativity. Certainly, is back home. You know? Okay. Now uh, I'm always intrigued about um, songwriters and finding their melodic ideas. Um, lyrics, you know, that's that's a craft. You you know, you hear something and you write it down, or you you record it, and you say, okay, that would make a nice lyric. And but it has a very structural element to it, where there is you know, a story, there's continuity, there's rhyme, there's meter, all of those things. But melody's a little different. Some songwriters like to use uh, a groove and allow the melody to freeform. Others look at the lyric and the cadence of the words dictate where the melody could go. What's, mm -hmm. what's kind of your go-to when you start looking for those melodic ideas? I like a groove. I like a groove, I like a great rhythm section, and I like um, I, I like things that are interesting. I get a lot of a, a lot of pleasure out of listening to you know those high records, uh, soul um, you know soul sides from the seventies. I've really gotten into Robert Cray recently as well. I think he has a brilliant way of, with with melody and, and chord structure and songwriting, and I think it provides you know there's a bit of interest, a bit of tension. I think there's some specifics as well. If you've got a couple of guitars in the band, then you almost need that kind of push and pull, you know, and you've got that piano to just bring out the, the different parts. But one thing that we, we, we often talk about in the studio is just thinking about, well, you know, we're not just mixing kind of left and right. We're thinking, well, what would this look like in kind of three dimensions? Where would, you know, if this, if the band that we want the record to sound like we're on a stage well you know those horns would be on the left that drums would be up on the riser the the front man would be like you know like bb king is right out the front so it's about you know, you've got all that ability to think about the, the, the space and how the parts fit together and i guess what i've learned is that that it's the sum of all of these parts it's not just one one melody line necessarily that that or one instrument playing that melody line it's how it all weaves together that creates the interest Okay. Well, let's talk about going into the studio because, you know, having a good song, that's half the equation. You have to create its identity, its sound, its sonic signature, not only for that song, but you as an artist has your sound. When you get into that environment, um, what is your process that you like to use that allows you to capture the sound you're looking for? Well, I'll, I'll let you into a secret, which is which is that we drink a lot of tea. Okay. We drink a lot of hot tea. And 
Uh, what normally I, happens I, I is... I start going in a different direction, but go ahead. <laughs> well, our magic dust comes in a kettle uh, with milk in it. So that's that's where we get to. Um, we sit down and we talk about things a lot and we and, and we get to work. And you know, I, it, I guess it depends if we're... Now, if we're building up parts, then then we'll be very particular about it. If I'm recording guitar parts and I want to do the whole thing in a day, just keep that intensity up, just to get that sound, you know, that kind of Albert King, Albert Collins um, kind of sound. But it's hard work, and you know, we 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 spend a lot of time doing it. Um, but you know, we're never more than five minutes away from a fresh cup of tea. That, that's the main thing. So there's no rock and roll secret other than keep that kettle uh, boiling. Okay. Now, um, let's talk about uh, the lineup on this. Who's playing on it? Yeah, so uh, it's my band. Um, so we've got Joe on drums, and we've got uh, Phil on guitar and keys. Phil uh, Phil Deering's been a long-time collaborator of mine. Um, you know, we've, we've been in bands together and, and done a whole, whole bunch of gigs. We've got the fantastic Elliot Bowden on bass guitar. Um, I've been making music with Elliot for over half my life now. I think he's a he's an amazing bass player. Um, he's a real fanatic for Johnny B. Gaden from the uh, from the Albert Collins band as well. And uh, we got Lucy Deering, Phil's wife, to come in and sing. And uh, we had the guest appearance from Venice as well, Miss Venice Thomas, which was wonderful. Um, so it's basically the same band that's that's on the road. Okay. Uh, now, of course, you know, once you get this recorded, you want to get it out to press, you want to get it out to radio, and you're working with Betsy Brown from Blind Raccoon. Tell me a little bit about that relationship. Yeah, Betsy's been absolutely wonderful. Um, she's done fantastic things for, for, for me. Um, in fact, we're hanging out in Memphis right now, which is, which is really, really cool. Um, you know, we've, got, we've gotten some great reviews. We're getting really good airplay. And I couldn't be more grateful for, for all of her help and advice. It's really, really a great thing. Oh, yeah. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about the industry as a whole. Um, and you have a unique perspective in that you you can see the industry, you know, going on over in Europe and not only there, but here in the United States because, you know, you're mm-hmm. releasing in both areas. Um, you know, the fact that everyone, you know, that tries to ignore at this point is that the consumer has embraced streaming as a way to consume music. There's no way we're going to get around this. We need to, you know, kind of deal with this reality. The, The problem is, is that recorded music no longer has a status as a a product. It's lost its value. Um, How has that shift in perception by the consumer affected you as an artist? Well, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case in Europe. Um, so what has been really big is vinyl. So vinyl is making a real resurgence in, in, in Europe. And um, that's a great thing. I, I, and I think not only is it a great listening experience, but there's something about the physical interaction of, of, of playing with vinyl, which is incredible. And vinyl sales, I think, have outstripped CDs, certainly in, in the UK you know, and I think you often quite you meet people who will. I mean, I know this. I do this myself. If I really like it, I'll go buy it on vinyl. I may stream it to start with. Um, so that's that's been that's been really good. There's a real resurgence of that. It's very popular at gigs, and in fact, we've got a vinyl copy of or a vinyl limited edition of this album coming out very soon. Um, and you can order that from from MississippiMcDonald.com. Um, 
Streaming, well, I, you know, I think we've just got to live with it. But I think in, in, in many ways, you know, it does help to get your music out there, which is, which is great. Um, playing live is really where it's at. You know, I, I, it, it, you still can't beat the, uh, the, the, the thrill of going to see a live band. I've just been in, down in Bill Street in Memphis and seen a couple of fantastic acts. Yates McKendry, I've just seen, who okay. was an absolutely brilliant, brilliant band. And I probably wouldn't have discovered him if, if I hadn't have just happened to be having lunch at BB King's. Um, so I think it's about that. I think you've got to look at it in the round. Well, you know, I, I think you're right. I mean, you can't not be on streaming. It's kind of that catch-22. Uh, but yeah. if, if you look at the revenue that we get as artists from the streaming uh, platforms, and you really take a good look at it, this is not sustainable. Um, you cannot continue to run this industry uh, and not give artists at least the opportunity to break even on a project you know it's yeah. you know you can't you know pay them pittance and if you really think about it i mean independent artists make up a bulk of the content that these services are providing and you know the head of uh of spotify is you know has more money now than any of the artists that are on his platform you know that he's making more than all of them which is ridiculous. Um, you know, I read this article in Billboard about how uh, of the billions of dollars in the music industry, only 12% get back to the artists themselves. And that is wow. a dynamic that really needs to change. Um, do you see any anything in the future that, that you've seen so far that could change that dynamic? It's hard to predict the future. Um, but I, I think certainly coming back from the pandemic has has been a really important thing for artists because it's allowed them to broaden out those those revenue streams. I guess to play live, to sell merchandise, to um, to, to to interact, um, you know, to to get kind of product out there and 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 to go and see people. I, mean, I think you know, with, pan, with the pandemic kind of certainly in Europe closing down all kinds of live performances. It's very, very difficult time, and certainly, if your fallback position is to get back to just being, you know, dependent on Spotify, then it's not sustainable. Um, I hope that things will change. You know, it's as I think, kind of speak for all independent artists here. Is it's, you know, the, the commercial aspects of it are outweighed by how much we love doing this and how much pleasure it gives us, and how how honoured and, and and humbled we are to be able to get out there and, and play our music for people. And, and, and I, I kind of hope that that streaming services don't exploit that too much maybe maybe it's too late for that um but you know it, it's our love for it that keeps us going i think well you know if you you kind of look at the history of the digital revolution and there is um a trend that i've been keeping an eye on i mean we started out with napster and everyone said oh napster's too big it's descent you know it's it's all over the internet yada yada then along comes iTunes with the iPod and got 99 cent downloads. And then everyone said, oh, it's Apple. They're a behemoth. They're not going to go anywhere. And then all of a sudden comes Spotify and streaming. And that now takes over the industry. So we know the change is a constant within the music industry. And I see some potential uh, changes in the future. Uh, one of which being these new streaming services that are being developed utilizing 
the same technology, software technology that cryptocurrency is based on, the blockchain. And um, you have Audius, you've got uh, Audio Locks, you've got Emanate, um, and they're claiming that they can pay artists up to 80% of the incoming revenue um, back to the, the, the creators themselves. And the reason that they can do that is that no company can own these streaming services. It's a decentralized system that gives, that's basically a relationship between the fan and the artist. They're the ones who control these services. What do you think of that as a potential for the future? Yeah, I, I don't know. That, that, I, I guess in all of this, it has to be clear to the artist what what it is they're getting and and how it all works. And I think the transparency is is really important. And you know, it would be a real shame if 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 the if the hype or the sales pitch of all of that didn't match up to the reality. You know, I, I think it's difficult, right? You know, there is there's you know this kind of commoditization of music. Um, when you match it up against the fact that for for many artists, these are very personal statements that they put out. Um, that you know they they make a record and tell a story, but yet the medium in which it's delivered just allows you to dip in and out for thirty seconds of each. So I hope that that's a good thing that you're describing, and um, I hope that that you know that the, the the kind of corner will turn. You know, in the meantime, I, I think we'll all keep doing what what we, what we can do. Um, you know, but getting out there live, getting out there playing, you know, getting getting those vinyls pressed, having someone ask for you to sign them, you know, that's there's a real joy in that, and I think that's what keeps us going for the moment. You know, and hopefully the next big thing um, makes uh, makes it all a little easier for everybody. Yeah, and I agree. You know, and there are some tentacles to this technology as well. Um, one of being that um, there are there, there's this technology, you know, with NFTs, non fungible tokens, that. Um, uh, this one site, Royal.io, allows you to create these NFTs that represent a portion of your streaming royalties or a portion of your publishing royalties. Uh, and one rap artist sold, you know, made a bunch of these up for streaming royalties on two of his songs. And he made enough to cover one half of each song. And he sold it to his fan base and he got almost $600,000 of upfront income. And almost 3,000 fans that now have an economic interest in streaming his music. And it's like selling stock in a song or selling stock into your project or your, um, your artistry. What do you think of that as a potential instead of having a record company, getting your fans to be part of your record company, your investor, investor or investor, uh, pool. Well, I haven't considered that really. I guess for me, I'm I'm more concerned at the moment about whether the British Royal Mail Mail are on strike and I can ship out some records to the US. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, we've got we've got bigger problems more locally to deal with where I'm from. Um, but no, but I applaud the entrepreneurial um, aspect of it. And you know, if if people can make that work, then you know, good for them, man. Good for them. It's great to great to hear of people being successful and managing to. To, to make the most of things like that. Good luck to them. Good luck to them. And maybe, you know, if things keep going well and, and, and folks like this record, then uh, then maybe we can start investing in cryptocurrencies and NFTs. But for now, we're just trying to shift some vinyl. 
Okay, fair enough. Now, um, one, you know, we, we had mentioned the pandemic earlier, and one of the things that um, is, an, is a, a result of that is that a lot of artists started to get online and started to create content. You know, it started with live streams, and then they started doing, well, let's do some music videos, and let's, you know, show uh, my hobbies and things that I'm doing, and... You know, and and people really started to gravitate towards that. And if you really look at it from a sociological standpoint, we as a consumer have been, you know, hit with this reality show programming for over 30 years. So we're very acclimated to that type of content. And the fans really want to know their artists. They want to feel personally connected to them and want to know the the backstories and the, and the you know and who they are as people. Um, what are some of the things that you're doing, utilizing social media marketing and content that is going to help this new release as you put it out? Yeah, um, so a couple of things. We, we we made some videos. We made uh, we made a video at the Hundred Club, London's legendary Hundred Club, uh, to support one of the singles, um, which was Line More. Um, that was a great experience. There's so much history in, 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 in that place. And, of course, distributing that's really easy as well. Um, I love Instagram. I, I love images. I love, um, you know, photography and, and, you know, all of those good things. And, actually, I'm here this week in Memphis uh, taking a bunch of shots and telling a story of, of why I'm here and what we're doing and talking about the record as well. Um, I love the interactions that you get with Facebook um, and other social media as well. I love to, you know, to, to kind of respond and, and, and chat with, with folks who are interested and like the music, whether they're you know, music fans or whether they're really into guitar or, or what have you. For me, um, meeting people after the show is, is a really special experience as well. Um, social media is great and, you know, it allows you to reach a lot of people. Um, but it's wonderful if someone comes up after a gig and says, hey, that was great, and wants to shake you by the hand or buy a record and have you sign it. That's that's really a wonderful interaction there. Um, but I think one, one thing that's really cool is, is social media has opened up the ability to communicate with people all over the world. And I know that, you know, this record is, is being played in all sorts of countries all around the world in you know, Australia, South Africa and all over Europe and even North America. And that's really, um, that's a wonderful thing. You know, it, it really is to think that, you know, the, the fruits of your labor and the fruits of all of those cups of tea, you know, ultimately ended up in something that people all around the world are hearing. I mean, what, what an extraordinary experience. And social media allows you to do that and, uh, you know, and spread the word. Okay. Now, uh, now you're in Memphis now, and with uh, at the IBC. Yeah. Are you competing, or are you just doing some showcases there? I did some showcases, and I've been hanging out, and um, I played on Beale Street yesterday, which was a which was a lifetime uh, lifetime ambition achieved. And I'm making friends, meeting people, and I've got a bit of recording later on today. Um, and I went to the Stacks Museum as well. That was great. I saw one of Albert King's Flying Vs, uh, which was a pretty special experience. Um, there are people from all over the world here. Uh, the, the the UK Blues Federation has sent out a great act as well, the Sonelli Brothers, uh, who played a really great show yesterday at Club One Five Two, and I'm hoping they're going to they're going to make it all the way to the final. Um, but I think what's great here is is how social it is. Um, you know, I was uh, was just out on my own last night and met a whole bunch of people 
talking to them, hanging out, you know, asking, uh, you know, what everyone was doing, where they're from, and, and you know, whether they're musicians or not. So it's a great time to be uh, here in Memphis. It, it's, it shows you how vibrant and exciting and how alive the blues are. And oh, yeah. there are people and blues federations from all over the world, um, Norway, Korea, um, the UK, almost every state in the US. You know, Memphis, Memphis is, 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 is packed and it's alive right now, and it's a great thing. Beautiful. Well, definitely check out the Apple Dumpling at Blue City Cafe. It is to die for. I had I had the ribs there last night, which was so big I couldn't finish them. So <laughs> well, I was, there was no chance of an apple dumpling, I can oh, assure you. <laughs> you definitely got to try that apple dumpling, especially at 2 uh, in the morning. It's just perfect. You I know? didn't need that 5,000th five calorie. I was uh, okay with what I'd had. <laughs> well... I, I am so glad that you had the opportunity to come on the show today, and it's a real pleasure talking with you again. And uh, we're going to give everyone out there an Indie Blues double shot from your new release. You guys are going to love this. over to the back and there it listed all the songs Iceman Black Cat Bone Travelling South and one day I'd saved up enough money to buy it and that record changed my life and Mr Collins I want to say this thank you to you this is the Blues for Album 
your coat ain't in the hall I'll understand yeah. But if your new life
Whether you're an independent artist or a fan that loves them, makingascene.org is the place for you. For the music fan, we bring you in-depth interviews and CD reviews from artists who are on the cutting edge of original music. For the independent artist, we bring you articles on music business, recording techniques, gear reviews, and interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution.
here's the blues scale. Now you sing it with me. Breathe. La, la. Now let's try it like this. You're a model of flawless design. I can't help but feel butterflies every time you are by. You make me want to throw away my storyline. I've been long overdue
the moment you realize, how could there possibly be this many blues?
gonna lie to some women I'm gonna ruin their lives I'm gonna make them all love me And then I'll tell them goodbye And I'm gonna squeeze all the orders mm -hmm. Of each business in town And if they don't pay me <laughs> Well then they won't be around Hey I used to be an angel Oh but I took me a fall And I'm about to be evil Ooh, I'm about to get evil I'm gonna take what I want
Here's the blue scale. Now you sing it with me. Breathe. Now let's try it like this. Than to be at my lady. 
on that day may never come. I'll call upon you to do a service for me. But uh, until that day, accept this justice as a gift on my daughter's wedding day.
for one another Do you remember the thunder from the rain? No other time was great for our love The passion that was sent us from above I love sunshine
You no longer have to hear the blues in a smoke-filled nightclub on the edge of town. It's a pleasant environment, but uh, but in the 21st century, uh, you know, you don't even have to leave the couch. Just turn on the TV, in commercials, or as theme songs, you will see and hear the blues are everywhere. I'm Elwood.
you said You got me up all damn night With an empty case and light All these days seem empty Taste yet to acquire The sparks of life burn to me So let's put out the fire Let's put out the fire Sometimes I guess there just aren't enough rocks.
that's it. That's my show for tonight. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you heard some artists that you didn't know about and enjoyed some artists that you did. And remember, all of these artists that I played on this show are out there right now, touring and creating new original music rooted in the blues. If you want to keep the blues alive, you have to support the artists who are out there creating that new music. Because it is a living art form that is being performed every single night somewhere in the world. So, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. You can find out about some great new artists and the ones that we played on this show tonight. Add them to your playlist. And you can discover them on our website. So, till next time, this is Lahamadou. Tech, I'm out of here. Baby, just gone away. Doctor, thanks, left home with my friend. I've gone, lost my dog, I'm alone. Just fought so 